Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. How do different social orders look at you as a human being? Well, socialism, communism, they look at you as just a slave. They want to make everybody the same. But how does Jesus Christ look at us as individuals? He sees our individuality. And no matter how different you may be from me, he causes us to be formed together and fit perfectly. How does he do that? Well, join me in the Word of God today and we will find out. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome back again to Student of the Word. Glad you're joining with us. Why don't you turn to Genesis chapter 11? We're going to all join each other there in that verse of Scripture. We're going to talk about the uh, building of the Tower of Babel. And uh, it's going to be a great one today, and we'll be taking up from there. But I want to talk to you again, maybe today. You're joining us the first time, second time, tenth time, well, however many times it is. Thank you. But uh, the longer you watch, the more you really love it. In fact, I have a praise report here from Holly. And Holly says, if you're looking for a good communicator of the Word of God, this teacher is one of the very best. Man, thank you. In fact, I wish I'd have said that myself, but she said that. So thank you again, Holly. What a blessing. But what happens is when people become, uh, you know, enthralled in the broadcaster and they're watching this thing, and they really love what they're doing. And then they become a partner with me. I start to hear from them quite often saying, man, this is just great. I've never heard it put this way, never heard it put that way. Well, that's my gift and that's teaching. Again, I don't just get it all from the Holy Spirit directly from God himself. I've studied throughout the years through different ones and God will take this and mingle it with that and put it together. I just see things and it's always a great blessing. I'm not the first one that ever came up with. There's no such thing. You know, about the time you think you've discovered something nobody else has, one day you pick up a book written in 1875 and find out some author back there saw the same thing. You begin to realize there's nothing new under the sun. There is no new revelation, maybe a new way of looking at it because of the time period we live in. But on the other hand, all this comes from God. My teaching again, I know it's a blessing to you, but this is the type of teaching that blessed me. I love listening to theologians, guys that open up the word of God. And even if we don't agree on every subject, I'll go with the 85% we do agree on and, you know, forget the other 15% and go on. And so again, if you'd like to become a partner with me, that's not, that's the person that doesn't just listen to the broadcast and order some of the material, but you continually give on a monthly basis. Whatever God lays on your heart or whatever you choose to do as a man purposes in his own heart, let him give. Well, whatever you decide to do or the Holy Spirit leads you to do, just be faithful in doing it. Thank you so much. Because even if it's so small to you, it's the widow's might. Add that to everything else. If we have enough widows, we can get a lot done. But on the other hand, there's different amounts given because God doesn't bless you because the amount you give, it's the heart attitude behind it. And when you give according to what you purpose in your heart, some give this much, some give this much, but we put it all together and we can get a lot done for the kingdom of God. And one day join each other in heaven and look at all the rewards, the fruit of what we have done. The number of people saved, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and those people that have become discipled in the Lord Jesus Christ and knew and stood on the word of God and saw great victories come into their life. If you'd like to become a partner with me, go to bobyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can, again, become a partner with me. 
And again, thank you in advance for just being faithful to do what the Holy Spirit has instructed you to do. Genesis chapter 11, let's take a look at verses one through nine. This was the building of the Tower of Babel. From this particular building of the Tower of Babel and the destruction that came afterwards, out of that rubble came Abraham. And after the destruction here of the Tower of Babel, we find the starting of the nation of Israel. And this is very much a type of the tribulation. The tribulation will be a, a building of man, you know, building up what he wants to, thinking he's gonna find a way to heaven. He doesn't need God. And when the whole thing comes crumbling down, after that comes the restoration of the nation of Israel back to what it was, and even better, Jesus Christ ruling from Jerusalem for a thousand years and uh, from the temple that's there, all these great things, these two are types of each other. But in both cases, the Tower of Babel and the tribulation, what we have is people trying to be God, people trying to run the earth like they want. And really it's not just them, it's Satan behind them because this is Satan through people trying to get his kingdom into this earth. He's been trying now since the time that the Tower of Babel fell to do it again. And it tells himself every time, I'm gonna do it right this time, I'm gonna do it right this time. And he never will because the Bible gives us in each case what's gonna happen when Satan tries. In this particular case, what happened was the people of the earth all spoke the same language. After this, God divides the languages up and gives different ones in different places around the world a unique language for their people. But this is what happened. So let's take a look at Genesis chapter 11. All this talk, let's get to it. Verse one, now the whole earth had one language and one speech. It came to pass as they journeyed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they lived there. And they said to each other, come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt, that's tar, hot tar for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is to the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Notice this, it wasn't for anybody else, but let's just show everybody how great we are. Let us build a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of man had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Now, nothing they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language. This is the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let us go down and confuse their language so they may not understand each other's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of the earth and they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. I want you to notice during this time, they all came together decide to build this city, call it Babel, and they built a large tower and they want to build it higher and higher till they could get to heaven. I guess they didn't realize really what outer space was and how far they would actually have to build this thing. And once they got to a certain height, they couldn't breathe anyway. I mean, none of that crossed their mind because they didn't know it. It's just man in his ignorance and man in his stupidity and man in his arrogance, thinking he can do better than God. And although God made him, somehow I can actually do better than my creator. And the answer is no, you can't. And God proved it here in this particular case. But I wanna go back for just a moment. And I want you to see what they built this out of, what they built it out of in the beginning of this thing. And they said, let's make bricks in verse three and let us bake them thoroughly. They had bricks for stones, as it says there, and they had tar or asphalt, hot tar for mortar. It's interesting here when when uh, they wanted to do something here, they took the you know, they took and made bricks. How do you make bricks? Well, bricks are literally crushed up rocks. So they found rocks, broke it up, made it in, in little tiny stones, put it all together, bake them, and then break them with asphalt inside of them. And then whenever it dried, they had they had uh, bricks. 
This is what they did, in fact, when they made this. So again, bricks are brought out in this verse of scripture, but I want you to keep that thought in mind and take a look with me at Exodus chapter five. Here we have when the children of Israel were in slavery in the nation of Egypt, and they had been there for almost 400 years. And by the time Exodus chapter five comes around, we have uh, Moses being raised up to lead the children of Israel out of captivity, out of Egypt, into the wilderness, and finally into their homeland, which is Canaan, of which Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob came out of. And now God was leading them back there because that was truly their home. Exodus chapter five, take a look with me at verses 15 through 19 talking about how the slave labor was used of the children of Israel, but driven by the Egyptians and the Egyptians' horrible attitude toward them as slaves. It says in verse 15, the leaders of the children of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh saying, why are you dealing this way with your servants? We do what you ask us to, but there's no appreciation. This is exactly where slavery leads to. There is no straw given to your servants And they said to us, make bricks and your servants are beaten. In other words, you say, make bricks. We do make bricks. And then you tell us they're not good bricks and it's our fault, but you're not giving us the proper thing. In other words, instead of, instead of just, you know, treating them as people, what they said is we come, we explain ourselves to you, then you beat us even more but the fault is in your own people. That's what you tell us. We are at fault when we're doing everything you told us to do. But he said, you are lazy, lazy. That is the leaders over that were beating them. Therefore you say, let us go and sacrifice to the Lord. Therefore go now and work for no straw will be given to you. You shall deliver the quota of bricks. In other words, you're gonna have to do it without straw, but your quota is gonna stay the same, the exact same number of bricks. And the officers of the children of Israel saw they were in trouble after it and said, you shall not reduce any bricks from your daily quota. So what they did again was here, they were building it, but guess what they were building? Those pyramids out of, those big buildings out of, they're building them out of bricks. Again, what is a brick? A brick is taking a rock and crushing it into small pieces and mingling it together, mixing it with mortar. And in this case, also having straw here to take up some of the room in there and actually give them more uh, consistency. And they removed the straw. They had to make it without straw. And so they had to make bricks. And so bricks are literally rocks that are beaten into it. And bricks are all the same shape. We take all these rocks, beat them up and make them into something that we can use called again here in this verse of scripture, the bricks that were made. Let's talk about the building of the temple. In the Old Testament, again, the first tabernacle they had in the wilderness that that with the children of Israel had. And then later on went into the time of David himself was the tabernacle. And the tabernacle, the word tabernacle means a tent. In the wilderness, they had a tent and it was made out of badger skins, skins of animals, all the other things that was in there, made out of cloth also. But by the time it came for the building of the temple, this was under Solomon, we now have it built. And look how it was built, the building for God. The first one was a building we talked about and that was to go to the heavens, for man in his arrogance to say we're as good as God. The next time we find it mentioned there in the book of Exodus, what do we find there? The children of Israel are being commanded to make bricks and they were to be made a certain way. But in both cases, what man was commanding them to do was to be made with bricks. Now we find the the building of the temple. And this was under Solomon. First Kings chapter five, verses 17 and 18 says this, the king commanded them to quarry large stones. These are in the stone builders and the stone constructors. He says, the king commanded them, this is, this is Solomon, to quarry large stones, costly stones and hewn stones to lay the foundations of the temple. So Solomon's builders, Hiram's builders and the, and the Gebelites quarried them 
and prepared stones to build the temple. I want you to notice something. The temple of God was made of stones, not made out of bricks. The stones were all quarried. What it means by that, they took them out of the quarries, but then later on they hewed them. Hewing means to, to cut them a certain, and to where whenever the, the uh, temple was built, it actually had no mortar in it. The stones were all set together. I've been to Israel so many times, and the things that you notice there, like with the walls surrounding the temple there, the walls are still in, in place there. And these things are thousands of years old, dating all the way back to the time of Solomon. And the stones are still there, still standing on top of each other, and there's no mortar between them. They're actually hewed out to where they sit on top of each other, this giant weight, and they're all pushed next to each other. And there's actually some that arches are made out of to where the, of the stones uh, have actually been cut into certain shapes called trapezoids. And they're cut into that shape and they all sit there and the weight of each one of them hold them together. And guess what? They've been held together there for thousands of years. The point of it is stones can last longer than bricks do because why? Bricks are made out of crushed stone and then they're put together with other elements to hold them together. They may look nice and all this, but they do not have the longevity. They do not have the strength. They do not have the ability to withstand for many years to come and even centuries to come like a stone does. So here we have the temple in 1 Kings chapter 5 was made out of stones and notice this, they were hewn. So they were cut to where they all perfectly fit within each other. Again, verse 18, so Solomon's builders, Hiram's builders and the Gebelites quarried them and they prepared stones to build the temple. When we come back, we're gonna talk about the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and anything that Satan tries to build in this nation, in this world, we're gonna find out. We'll see you when we come back right after the break. Ephesus was famous for reckless living and idol worship. Even so, the Ephesian church was deeply spiritual. Unlike other letters correcting error, Paul's letter to the Ephesians revealed to mature believers both the truth of who they are in Christ and the practical application of this revelation to their marriages, families, and everyday lives. Bobby Andian's New Testament commentary on Ephesians ties in Greek word studies and scriptural references revealing God's empowering grace and the unprecedented authority of every believer as part of the body of Christ on earth. To order the New Testament commentary on Ephesians, visit our website at bobbyendian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified. Redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation, and glorification. These eight precepts, essential for all believers to understand, come to light as you read and arrive at a deeper understanding of the finished work of Jesus Christ. This understanding will allow you to walk in more maturity and stability in your Christian life. To order Theology Simplified, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. 
You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. The book I'm offering while I'm on this particular broadcast is the book of Ephesians, my book on Paul's book, the book of Ephesians. So again, I bring through there and one of them is how that God sees us and how that God sees us as members joined one to the other and how important that is. And we're joined together, not like bricks made by man, but like rocks where God literally has joined us together, fit together perfectly. I think one thing interesting about the building of the temple, we just talked about that before the break, was in the building of the temple, the Bible tells us that it was all done at night. Isn't that interesting, done at night? And the Bible says people never even woke up because you know what, they, there was not the sound of a hammer. There was not the sound of a chisel. All that was done in the quarries. They went out to where the quarries were and that's where they cut the stones and shaped the stones and all that. They brought them back to town, but they didn't assemble them until night. The point of it is you go to bed at night and wake up the next morning, stretch and look out the window and go, oh my gosh, where'd that wall come from? Well, during the night, they actually put the two together, but there wasn't even any noise to wake you up. You'd think stones that big would have caused some kind of noise, but they didn't. They so perfectly fit together. Once they fit together, they would not be moved. And this is how they built the temple. The temple was built for longevity. And so is the body of Christ, the temple of the Lord Jesus Christ today. And the temple that will be built during the time of the millennium after Jesus Christ comes back, that temple will be lasting for a thousand years. That after that, a new one's going to be built even after that. So the point of it is, this is what God said. And again, like I said, been to Israel a number of times and to see those walls and to see the, the, the separate sides where there's still parts of the temple that are there, they're still there. And to see some of the things that were back there in Roman times, some 2,000, 2,500 years ago, and those walls are still there because why? This is how the Romans built. They did it with rocks. And so we find here again, one major difference between God and Satan is how each one views people. And so whether it's bricks or whether it's stones, this is the view of people. God sees us as stones. Satan sees us as bricks. Let's take a look at Satan's view of people. Satan sees people as all the same and no use for individualism at all. Socialism, Marxism, communism are Satan's display of how people are forced to be alike and this is how Satan sees them. People have no value for Satan except to accomplish the goals of the state and this is again where we come back to that men are just slaves and women are just slaves under communism, Marxism, socialism. National healthcare doesn't work because every person's needs are different but yet we keep crushing them and crushing them trying to make them all the same and make bricks out of people and people are not bricks, we are stones. And God has made us that way, even as sinners, he sees us as stones. But especially as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we're seen as stones that now we can be used to build up a temple for God. With individuals and socialism, one size does not fit all, but that's exactly how man wants to do it. They want to make us all the same. They want to pay us all the same. They want us no matter what we do to be seen as that. And here's the whole point of it. They even from the time comes when they build buildings to put us into, they put as many people into a room as possible. They don't see the difference between everybody. They don't care the difference between everybody body. They simply see what they can use us for. What about God's view of people? God made every one of us unique. He wants us and the world to see the value of our individual gifts and our individual talents. 
God does not see us as all the same, but he wants us to work individually. He wants us to work in unity. In other words, individualism, but also working together on one project. This is how God wants it. So whether it's winning the lost, whether it's discipling people, building a church or whatever we do as Christians, each one of us with our unique talents, our unique uh, abilities, each one with our unique callings, and whether we be in business or in ministry or whether we be in anything else in life, no matter what we do, we're individuals at it. Even if you're a teacher like someone else is a teacher, perhaps in a Christian school or a public school or whether it's homeschooling or whatever it might be, each teacher is unique and different. Each teacher in a local church, whether you teach a Sunday school class or whether you're the pastor of the church or whether you teach in some other area, women or men, the point comes out, your individuality comes out. No two pastors are the same. No two teachers are the same. That's the way God sees them. Every stone is unique. Yet God has formed us to where we all come together and we all form one church of the Lord Jesus Christ, one temple for him. So again, God wants us all to be unique and wants us and the world to see the value of our individual gifts and talents. Individualism is so important in the kingdom of God. God does not see us as all the same. He wants us to work individually, like I said, but here's the unity of what we do. He gives us the same task, but lets us do it with our own gifts and our own callings. We're unique in our birth. We are unique in the new birth. Each one of us has a different calling. It may be the same name as someone else. You may be an apostle, a prophet. You may be a giver. You may have mercy gifts, but you know what? No two do it exactly the same. God gives you room in everything he calls you to do to be yourself. We're unique in our birth. We're unique in the new birth. We are unique in our calling. We are unique in our gifts. And we will also be unique into eternity. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 describes it when we get to heaven. Some will shine like the sun. Some will shine like the moon. And all the rest of the Christians that have ever been born and ever been born again into the kingdom of God, those who gave their life to the Lord in the Old Testament, those who gave their life to the Lord in the New Testament, those who gave their life to the Lord during the time of the tribulation, or even come into the time of the millennium and accept the Lord, we will all stand unique in heaven in eternity and God will reward us as individuals. He says of all those, some shine like the sun, some shine like the moon, but all the others, totally unique and totally different as the stars of heaven are. No two stars shine exactly the same. No two planets shine exactly the same. No two planets look alike. God's simply saying in heaven, you're gonna be totally unique as you were in life when you were born and in the new life when you became born again. We are individuals and God sees us that way. No one has ever existed like you. No one exists like you today and no one ever will exist like you. You are totally unique and this is how God sees you. In other words, he doesn't see you as a brick. He sees you as a rock. He sees you as a stone. And no matter how different you may look at somebody else, say, how do all these people fit together in this church? God does it. And even though that rock looks different than you and that stone looks different than you, I'm here to tell you, God can make us all fit together and he fits us together and we work together through love for one common thing. We love God, we love each other. How wonderful that is. So God sees us as stone. Satan sees us as bricks. Rocks are formed, bricks are made. Rocks are formed by God. Bricks are made by men. Stones, if properly chiseled, need no mortar. Now, again, many times you see that rocks are put together with mortar. That's fine. But I'm simply saying, if you work on them long enough, they can fit together without mortar. Bricks are made from crushed stones. 
The crushed stones are all mixed and then put together. Rocks are solid. They are stable. Bricks are unstable. They're easily crushed. With socialism, money, possessions, and homes are all passed around. Eventually, everyone lives in apartments, many families in one, sharing water, sharing heat, and sharing space. Socialism and communism never work. It tries to make a society by crushing individualism, forcing everyone to conform. Jesus builds his church from stones and no two are alike. Take a look with me again at 1 Kings chapter 6 and verse 7. We go back to the Old Testament, then we'll come to the stones of the church. 1 Kings chapter 6 and verse 7, the temple when it was being built was built with stone finished at the quarry so that no manner of chisel or iron tool was heard in the temple while it was being built. I mentioned that. You wake up one morning and you look out there, where'd that wall come from? Well, it was built during the night. That's the way it is with the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. We had a building that uh, Grace had when we first looked and we built a building and it was far out. I mean, it was far out on the edge of the town and there was finally they were building this uh, particular extension to a freeway out there. And anyway, the church was built and hardly, hardly anybody could see it, but people that came to church knew it. But eventually there was a long road that came right by it up in the air. And uh, so the people came by it and exited off of a bridge and came down and people were, and they began to talk about it on the radio. They said, we never knew that church was out there. Where'd that church come from? Well, that's just like the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's being built today as back in the Old Testament, the stones of the temple were being built and it's built when you didn't see it and you wake up the next morning, and go look at that. How often do people look at Christians and say, where did they come from? We didn't know they were in town. And how long have they been here? The point of it is, is that the Lord said here in this verse of scripture that it was built behind the scenes. And this is how the church is being built today, not in front of people, but back by the Holy Spirit and often that the world can't see. Mark 13 and verse one, as Jesus went out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, teacher, see what kinds of stones and what buildings are here. Notice this, even different types of stones all came together for the building of the temple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Guess what? You and I are totally different. Your colors are different. Our nationalities are different. You know, our genders are different. And yet all of us fit together in one church called the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. First Peter chapter two, verses four and five, describe the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. First Peter two and verse four says this, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also as living stones are being built up as a spiritual house a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Notice this again, we are living stones. We're not some dead stone, we are stones, but we are living stones. And we've all been put together, built up into a spiritual house. And even though you see Bob sitting here and you may see another Christian somewhere else, I fit into the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the person I fit beside, we have been actually chiseled by God to fit together one with another. Christians are held together by love and unity. Colossians chapter two and verse 19. Stones are held together with mortar, but Christians are held together by love and unity. Colossians 2.19 says, holding fast to the head, that's the living stone, Jesus, from whom all the body, that's living stones, are knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that comes from God. So this is telling us again, what holds us together is the love of God and 
and the love for each other. Colossians 3.14, above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, the glue of perfection. The mortar that holds us together is the love of God. Despite our nationalities, our backgrounds, all the differences that the world wants to point out that we have, it comes down to this. I have been joined to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. Men can't figure it out, but God has done it. Ephesians chapter four, verses two and three, bearing up with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. We have unity with each other that comes from the Holy Spirit, but I'm bound to you by the love of God. You know what? We may be different, but God's put us all together to make up the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, the temple of God. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.